Welcome to Deep Spirituality. We've had a lot of fun with our series on forgiveness and uh, tackling guilt. And this is going to be our final episode, and we hope it leaves you with a lot of encouragement. It's called Steps for Dealing with Guilt, and it's going to be very practical. So let's jump on in. Number one step for dealing with guilt, defeating rather than living with guilt. In Psalm 51, verse 1 through 2, God, be merciful to me because you are loving, because you are always ready to be merciful. Wipe out all my wrongs, wash away all my guilt, and make me clean again. So the thing we have to understand is, as we've talked about in the series before, we can be overwhelmed by storms of guilt. And so one of the key things to do is identify how that guilt is having an impact on us to identify how that guilt or how the sin or how the problem or the false guilt, the residual guilt, the true guilt, whichever it's we're experiencing to identify which part of it or what aspect of it has broken our relationship with God. There's three areas or three arenas categories that tend to break our relationships with God. Number one is just plain old sin, willful, rationalized, hidden and continual sin. It'll make us not want to read the Bible. It'll make us not want to pray. Uh, it'll cause us to distance ourselves from God. It'll make us feel too ashamed, too embarrassed, or too hopeless to be even willing to turn to him. And so we have to be able to know that. And what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to look at how do we overcome that so we can seek God out. Hardness is the second thing. So sin's the first thing. Hardness is the second thing. Responding to pain with unbelief produces a godless resistance to emotional transparency and vulnerability. In short, when we experience a lot of pain, it could be pain of loss, it could be pain of failure, it could be pain of rejection, we can harden to it where we don't want to be transparent, vulnerable, or let anybody know what's going on inside of us. So this is not sin, this is a response to the hardness of life by becoming hard. And finally, number three, these are areas we have to tackle that that guilt can get involved in making us feel sinful or be sinful or we can just sin making us respond with hardness, or because we're hard, we can get into doing things that can make us feel guilty. Finally, number three is fear. Insecurity leads us to pursue human praise instead of God, leaving us emotionally defensive and relationally distant. So what we're talking about here is that sometimes we're so insecure with God. We so much believe that God, we go back to the last episode when Amy was talking about God's graces, that God likes me. We can end up feeling like God doesn't like me. So what's the point of going to God? He's not going to do anything for me. I'm afraid he's going to punish me. He's going to humiliate me. He's going to beat me down. So we end up spending and focusing our efforts on people and looking for that kind of security in people instead of God. And that can lead to a lot of problems in our lives. And so what ultimately I'm trying to talk about is we've got to identify what's broken our relationship with God and how do we close that distance. And so to close the distance, we have to draw near to God rather than running away. In Psalm 51, verse 1, I know about my wrongs and I can't forget my sin. That's what it feels like sometimes when you get that guilt going. I know about my wrongs and I can't forget my sin. Now, here's the kicker. Verse 4, you are the only one I've sinned against. I've done what you say is wrong. You are right when you speak and fair when you judge. I was brought into the world in sin and sin my mother gave birth to me. What he's talking about there is not that we're worthless and useless at birth. He's saying we basically are fleshly people. We are human. And because we're human, we're going to be vulnerable to the temptations, the errors that come with being a human being. This is not a condemnation of all mankind. It's a statement that we are going to be vulnerable people in a world that is not that easy to live in. And when we get into trouble in that sin that it's talking about. When we start to feel that guilt, he says, um, David says, 
You are the only one. He gets everybody out of his mind and says, I've got to close my distance with God first. So if you're trying to get your sin right, get your guilt right, be able to get that cloud over your off your head, stop looking at people. Don't go run to people. Close the distance with God. Go to God and say, God, I'm feeling residual guilt. I feel regret for things in the past and say, I need your help. I need you to take it away. Uh, go out there and say, God, I don't even know if this is a sin I've committed, but I feel guilty about it and deal with that false guilt or go to God and say, yeah, I did it on purpose and I knew what I was doing and I really blew it. I need forgiveness. If we go to people before we go to God, we're never going to close the distance between us and God. And then eventually you're going to run into somebody who's going to condemn you. And so you don't want to do that. You don't want to be in that spot. So one of the most important things is go to God first Get secure that God likes you, God forgives you, God's going to be with you. Then go to people and you'll be at least a lot more secure. Now, what I want to focus on and we're going to zip into uh, with our, our our group, our team, uh, we've got Cameron Straw here again today, Amy Query and Mike Query, is we're going to talk about specifically in being able to get to that point where we are uh, sort of dealing with the steps for getting our guilt worked out is there's three things we can do. One, pursue intimacy. Two, pursue vulnerability. And three, pursue spirituality. We're going to lock down on this for a bit. Intimacy is dealing with the relationship dysfunction that distorts what it means to care about and love people. In other words, we want to talk about, okay, part of dealing with guilt, part of being able to get totally forgiven is we start to be intimate with people. We start to feel like we can trust them. We can be close to them. We don't have to be ashamed and we don't have to be embarrassed. It's a weapon against guilt is you get a relationship with somebody where you can get in there and you know that whatever you say, whatever you do, they're going to receive you. They're going to understand you and they're going to fight with you. Number two is vulnerability. The lack of emotional awareness and maturity produces emotional defensiveness. So when we get guilty and ashamed, we end up being emotionally defensive. Somebody comes to us to talk to us and we want to push them away or we react or overreact. And so vulnerability, actually, we've got to learn, don't be emotionally defensive. We need to be vulnerable and let it go. Most of the time, you and I have not done anything worthy of rejection. That's just a fact. We've done something worthy of relationship and we've got to overcome our fear of the rejection to go to be vulnerable. And finally, spirituality. When we are hyper-focused on people instead of God, it produces a superficial spirituality. Cameron and I were in a conversation about that last time, where grace and the blood of Jesus become sort of these religious words because we're being so superficial about it. And so spirituality is about embracing that intimacy and that vulnerability and getting into that spiritually with somebody and starting to think in terms of, hey, I know I'm forgiven, I know God likes me. And I'm going to stay in this state. I'm going to use your phrase, Cameron. I'm going to stay in a state of grace because I spiritually know God is with me no matter what has happened. Even if I'm in major sin and I've blown it in my life, God is staying with me. He's hanging in there with me. He's guiding me. He's trying to bring me on home. And so I want us to be able to get these kind of steps in our head, this initial thing of how do we close the distance with God when we feel guilty by using intimacy, vulnerability, and spirituality. Now I'm going to bring these guys in on it. Yeah. I mean, I, this is all really good. I mean, I'd love to talk about the vulnerability because I think uh, I can be a really emotionally defensive person. And also, you know, it, it, as it relates to the hardness in, the, in what you were talking about there, um, I think I can respond uh, to just pain in life. I have um, chronic illness, had it, had it for a long time, uh, and that can be uh, physically painful, emotionally painful, but it could be circumstantial things too. And my own sins that can cause pain in my own life. But I think to just to speak to it, I think. 
I have a really hard time letting people in uh, that and feeling safe and feeling okay that okay right. if I if I open up that people are going to understand. But I think it goes to this grace thing because sometimes people don't necessarily understand, right? And I have to do it anyway, not have to, but I choose to do it anyway because of my relationship with God. When I understand this forgiveness, I understand it is about being in the light, like we were talking about before. Because being in the light to me is not just confessing sin; it is just being known. It's being open, and and I think it's such an important part. I feel like that's probably the only conviction I had my first couple of years as a Christian. <laughs> not that I've had yeah. too many convictions right yeah, now, but yeah. I think it really helped me to stay faithful because as much as I was screwing up as much as, and I had a lot of sin, a lot of issues and I still do, but I think I was like, had a conviction about, you know, I'm just going to talk to people. I'm going right. to be honest. And it got, and I got a lot of help and a lot of love. And I think that's why I'm still around <laughs> and I'm still trying to, yeah. you know, and fighting to this day is yeah. because, I'm allowing uh, myself to open up. It, it's endeared people to me and it still does when I'm yeah. not defensive. Uh, people actually do care for the most part. Uh-huh. Um, even if they don't understand, they can bring me to God. They can bring me to the Bible and God does understand. And, right. and God is what I really need at the end of the day. So I think having that kind of vulnerability in relationships um, is, is key and it, and it has helped me mature, but I what still you, have a struggle with that. What would you say to that. people who are, and I want to get, you know, Mike and uh, Amy in here, but what would you say to people who feel like, well, if I'm ever vulnerable, people judge me. That seems like a right. favorite, favorite, uh, description right. of a negative experience. Well, what, what would you say to someone who goes, they're yep. just going to judge me for what I've done or what I'm thinking or. Yeah. And I think, you know, they might. And, and but, <laughs> they might judge you. I think the, the, the beauty of thinking. vulnerability is that maybe someone could speak to this with intimacy is and how it relates but i think when you're open and honest it actually everyone to me everyone's the same on a heart level like and you know if they're judging you it's because they're projecting something about their own experience i when i i think getting in the light when i understand it people are actually all sinful they all have their junk it helps me to actually get open um and and feel a little more confident when i know yeah maybe their sin manifests a different way or maybe they have different emotional issues or physical issues but they have their own stuff yeah and so i think for the most part i don't even if i feel judgment it's more of something in my head rather than i don't think most of the time that i'm open people really come at me and, and hold saying, it over my head. You're saying it's what it's how you're processing it or interpreting yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's get these guys Definitely. in here. That's well, great. I, I think you. that sometimes the judgment is, uh, I could confuse that with just feedback or, or, um, you know, sometimes when I'm open, I don't, I just want to be open and I don't want someone to tell me anything about what they think about that, you know? And right. so, uh, that sometimes to me, I could take that as criticism or judgment when really someone's just giving me feedback to grow or how I could. Right. Well, I think it makes me think too, like the discussion the last time around about, you know, confession and about when we we're talking about we're, our sins or, or whatever it is, uh, we're agreeing with God about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So like, because uh, I think Amy and I can operate similar in this when we say something and someone's saying something back and it just rocks us or something. Well, it's like, why were we saying it in the first place? Is because we want it to be absolved or something. It's by, you know, putting it out in the air. We just want it to go away yeah. or something versus like, Hey, like, here's what's going on with me. I want, I want to, you know, I want to be right with God and I want right with people and whatever it's going to take. And I like the way that you phrased, you know, using these things as like, like, uh, offensive, like weapons, you know, to, to, to fight back against the guilt because I don't often see, like for me, I can get like the, where people come into the equation is where it gets really hard for me, right? For these reasons, right? Because I can get afraid of the, what am I going to get back? Right. And I don't always see it as like, these are, these are ways that I'm going to 
uh, attached to people, right? right? Like if I if I share about something like in marriage, right? Like we're always having you know fights and you know different sins that I have. I remember a time when I uh, we were talking about this earlier. One of the one of the early days in 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 our marriage when. I was coming home and I was coming home super late, mm-hmm. you know, and I totally blew it on the schedule and I felt super guilty. And so I just decided, uh, not to say anything. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I feel super bad about just, you know, blowing up. I think I was going to the gym or going to the store or something like that. Right. And anyways, I'm like, uh, let me just try and like speed home and maybe Amy won't notice. Yeah. 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 You know? And so, and so she's at home going like, where on earth is my husband? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, worried sure. sick, you know? So I created distance, you know, because of what I, I was saying on my guilt. Right? right. And I was, and there's been countless instances like that where I, I, I'm afraid of the reaction I'm going to get. So sometimes it's not the condemnation. It's like the, for me, it's, I, I get for, like seeing the consequences of, I definitely get afraid of condemnation from people or anybody, but also like the seeing the consequences of my sin or seeing the consequences of of my behavior. And obviously in marriage is going to be the most pronounced, right? So if I do something and Amy's going to be hurt, now why did you, you know, do that? Why'd you plan late? Because now, you know, we're going to have a shorter dinner or whatever. Yeah. I don't like that feeling like, oh no, I made her sad. Well, what what don't you like? I I want, it's it's like immaturity in me that just wants everybody to be happy all the time. And I, I don't like the idea of, of the, the anger towards me, like, uh, or, or I don't know what that is in me that has a hard time with that. So, so what you, both of you guys talked about, I think it's a normal human reaction that, uh, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, uh, in a way that's accurate based on what you said, but it, it's almost as though this is a, such a generalization, but at least get the conversation started. Any, any feedback, any input, can be perceived as negative. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. Well, well, if I hear you guys correctly too, you're, it's it's the reason you're doing it is is off. Yeah. Like it's almost like that. It says intimacy, and in your definition was the relationship dysfunction distorts. Like it's almost like we think it's going to create some. And I could be wrong, but I know I can have that weird view of intimacy where I, it's like I don't know that this is actually going to make me closer. Like like mm. you talking to Amy when you come home is actually a good thing and she you know you guys will resolve and that's fine like you need to fight almost like you know like it's okay like he said it's normal yeah responses right. is that well, kind of yeah i think so i think we, it's also like us the way i can speak for amy and myself the way we grew up i grew up going to church and growing up around religion and, yeah. it, and sort of reinforcing the like um you know for me in my experiences anyways like the how you perform and how you behave you know, you're going to get, uh, treatment accordingly. So it wasn't just like right. the condemnation. It was also the, the, the props and the lifting up of like doing good Christiany things. Right. So, <laughs> so, so the, 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 the church for those who grow up in it, the church becomes an ecosystem the same way a high school is. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you go to a high school and you're not going to church, you're ranked. Oh, absolutely. That's my yeah, yeah, you're, so, you're ranked. You it's know, just the you, different are things. Are you smart? That, are, you, are you an athlete? Are you in the well, band? And, are you, you and know, that's where we, are you nothing? Are you smoking weed? Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, well, you, get, you get put in a category. Right. And so you're totally. saying in church you get put in a category. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mole. and that's where, you know, and Amy can <laughs> I speak. I'm in the weed category. And Amy can speak to hers, but we <laughs> we were similar in that because she didn't grow up in church, but she, you know, did grow up around a lot of performance-oriented folks. Well, you essentially agree, didn't you? Come yeah, Christian as yeah, a as a teen, yeah, and even before that, I How was sixteen, yeah, and so uh, that's young enough. yeah, young enough. <laughs> and even before that, I wasn't religious, but I always tried so hard to be good. I hated negative feelings, didn't want to fail in any way. So I think and I brought neither, that. Neither in. one of you guys play sports, though, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you wrestled, wrestled like, in tennis, in tennis. Yeah, yeah. Did you get coached? Was there a coach? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I could I could talk about my tennis coach. It, it's just, it wasn't exactly. Well, right. You might not want to. You might be listening and going. That's not what happened, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so so 
I, I think this is an important thing, right? We're talking about guilt. We're talking about forgiveness and we're talking about steps to be able to overcome it. And so my Cameron made a great point about when we're in the light, it means that you're known. And I really like that because yeah. I, I think part of what happened to me early in my Christian life is I associated light and being known only with confession of sin. Right. Yeah. And so yep. that's not how you experience forgiveness. You experience forgiveness by Cameron's got me talking about grace again. He's <laughs> I actually did a whole talk on that and I'm really into it, but I don't want people to get confused or walk away without something practical. But I, I, I remember, I remember times in my life where I've gotten input and what happened to me growing up is I started to figure out that input could help me be better mm. and that I would be a better athlete if I listened to my coaches. I was listening to Jim Harbaugh, coach of the University of Michigan. He was being interviewed by Dan Patrick. You can find it on YouTube. It's pretty recent. And his dad had been on Dan Patrick. His dad was a coach at Western Michigan, University of Michigan, really good coach. And he said, growing up, I realized early on my dad knew what he was talking about. So when my dad would tell me to do something, I would just do it and wouldn't ask questions because whenever he did, whenever I did what he told me to do, it always turned out well. Hmm. And so even to this day, I think he's about 55 years old, 54 years old, Jim Harbaugh is. He said, even to this day, the guy I go to the most for advice and listen to what he says is my father. I think one of the things that happens to us with regard to input is it depends, yes, depends on our relationships, home life, and I'm not saying anything bad about any of our home lives. I mean, that's not my point, but it, it depends on how much input and feedback we got. My dad was a super nice guy, but my dad wasn't the kind of guy who said, hey, you need to get better at this. You need to get better at that. Why are you doing that? So I hungered for it. I used to long for someone to tell me, this is what you have to do to get better at this, and this is what you have to do better at that. And this one of the podcasts we did on Lead Different is about why sports is so good. Because sports, one of the things sports does is it teaches you to be coachable. In fact, you're graded out on coachability. But the problem for a lot of people who are Christians is they come into the church or they come into the God's kingdom, and they're really not that familiar. It's, I call it the American Idol Syndrome, <laughs> where someone's singing around their friends who don't ever tell them they can't sing, and their friends are like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I always kind of laugh because I'm like, what kind of friends are these, yeah, right? right? You're <laughs> awesome. You can do it, Seriously. man. You should be in Carnegie Hall singing today. <laughs> what? Oh, Get man. Celine Dion off that stage. You should be up there. And then they show up. And they get judged and then they get told, hey, you know, uh, maybe not. This isn't going to work out. Uh, have you ever taken uh, voice lessons? No, I never have. I didn't need them. And they're just terrible. Right. And, right. They, and, and then they get mad. They're swearing after they don't. They're yelling. They're throwing things. I think that is because most people receive so little input. Yeah. And that when they start to get the input, they don't know how to process. Right. It, right? right. Yeah. But that means something else. If no one's ever told you what they think, you don't have any intimacy in your life. Mm -hmm. And if no one's ever told you what they think, you don't have any vulnerability in your life. And so I think part of what you guys are talking about is the journey Mm -hmm. to get enough experience under your belt that when someone tells you something, you realize, hey, um, this isn't a defining statement about me. I had a guy tell me once, you're a liar. You're just a liar. You're a liar. He kept repeating this over and over again. And I was like, I'm not lying about anything. Now, I had been deceitful about stuff, but I wasn't lying about anything. He goes, no, you're just a liar. He just kept repeating it over and over (laughs) again, right? And I was like, wow, okay. And it could get in your brain, right? Right. Right. And I had someone talk to me and say, you know, you have to learn how to know the difference between someone's opinion and truth. Right. And, And I think what happens is if we listen to everything someone says, 
as truth, right? Then we end up not listening to anything because it's too overwhelming, right? right. And so yeah. yeah, you have to have the capacity. Like if, if if my coach would say, uh, "You're slow. You can't run fast." Well, I can run fast, right. so it's not true. It's his opinion, right. and I have to, maturity is being able to separate mm-hmm. that, and that's what creates intimacy, right? And that's why it's important that people say everything they. Think. Right. Because mm. well, I think the light actually, when you, it, it, you can see things, but you're the light. And I think if it, you put it out there, yeah, you'll get other people's opinions, but you'll see clearer yourself yeah. where if it's all in my yeah. head. That's right. I'm I'm distorting stuff. That's I'm right. like the reality's off. You know, I can't that's see. Right. And so I think it, it leads into that spirituality where you can then not have to focus on people. And you do have this fellowship with God that's different when you're in the light. Because yes. I, I remember <laughs> early Christian, I would get freaked out about that if my friend was like, oh, yeah, I've been holding this stuff in for I was like, where have you been at? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> even a Christian because I, I like knew that that was, you know, part of the game. Like yeah. you, you got to be like, you know, but yeah. I, but I think, uh, you know, I. And I could be deceitful and all that stuff still, but uh, and hypocritical uh, mainly. But I think, but that really does help. Uh, I think to to not be focused on people. In my experience, well, and I I think too that that one of the things that 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 has to happen is there's got to be an element of uh, relaxing and knowing that who you are is good enough. Yeah, and if you've got in your image in your head, you ought to be something else. And if you kind of hate on yourself and you know, you hate on yourself, if you're in your head, you're calling yourself an idiot <laughs> right. or stupid or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are people who, 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 who do that. That's never Definitely. been my, I've had the opposite problem. Yeah, me too. I call myself <laughs> things, but usually, right. oh, great. And so I think one of the things is you, is Cameron said a really cool thing until you make peace with who you are in your mm. own head, you can't listen to what people have to say. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's what First Corinthians 15 is about. What does Paul say about grace? He says, I am what I am by mm-hmm. the grace of God. He's going, I'm not trying to be more. Right. He said, I'm not, a, I didn't earn leadership. Right. So don't sit here and say you're not performing as a great leader. I didn't earn it. I'm not, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I am a leader right. by the grace of God. <laughs> I'm what I am. So yeah. you may think I'm a dirtbag. But I also happen to be the guy that God is using. Yeah. So I'm a dirtbag <laughs> dirt in the sight of man. But I'm a guy God's using. And if you don't want to listen to me, that's fine, because I am what I am. And I think part of what you guys are talking about is that 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 sort of constellation of what we've established is true guilt, false guilt, and residual guilt that form together to say in our head, you better be good, you better be mm-hmm. perfect, you better come through. And what, you, what we have to really do is be willing to come into a room and be messy. Mm-hmm. I yeah, want to say yeah. this. I don't think we share enough about our dreams and our victories mm-hmm. and our hopes. Right. And I think part of it is being in the light is also – saying, hey, I had a really good day and this worked out great. Mm. Right. Yeah. Being in the light is also saying, I'm really excited about you mm. know our baby walking. Mm-hmm. Right. Being in the light is saying, hey, I listened to this music. It's really cool. I think it'll encourage mm-hmm. you. Being in the light is saying, it's a great day. And so I think being in the light with God is just putting yourself mm-hmm. out there and saying, right. it's all good. Mm. Right. And I think that's what forgiveness is. The experience of forgiveness is saying, I never forget the movie Color Purple. Did you guys ever see the one with Who- Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. in it? She's like young. I always meant that Steven Spielberg, right? That's right. And some people criticized him for that. They thought, why is this white guy making a movie about black people? Which that <laughs> I, I need about three more decades to figure out why we why yeah. why would you critique a guy for that? But I thought it was a great movie. I saw it when I was fairly young, and I've never forgotten the scene. Uh, Danny Glover is married to Whoopi Goldberg in the movie, and and he's abusive, and Basically, he is uh, she's her friends taking her away because she can't take it anymore. 
and he's screaming at her, yeah, get out of here, be gone. I think I remember it. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time. Get out of here, and he's calling her names and putting her down, and, and he says something like, uh, you're ugly anyway. And I'll never forget the scene. Whoopi Goldberg turns around, and she says, I might be ugly, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. When I heard that, I went, that is the essence of inner security to say, yeah, I may not be all these things you want me to be, but I'm here. I got my life. I think today, if you're thinking about what does it mean to experience forgiveness and take the steps, go ahead and find a circle of friends and be intimate. Get past the distortions that dysfunction that made on you and just let people know who you are. The good, the bad, the ugly. Get it all out there and, and be glad. Hey, I'm still here. Vulnerability. Be vulnerable. Let your emotions be out there. Be messy. Be sound. Be foolish. Say something that's defiant. You, you know, we should be hurting each other's feelings. It's okay <laughs> if we're trying to be closer to each other. Right. right. Be vulnerable. And spirituality. That's the thing that brings intimacy and vulnerability together. Once you get into having that conversation, it may be a bloody mess. <laughs> but then you pray together, you read the Bible, you say, you know what? At the end of the day, Jesus's blood is covering it all up and we can fit together. What does it say? You know, love covers a multitude of sins. Today, think a lot about rebuilding your relationship with God and with people by getting that forgiveness. And I hope you really have an encouraging holiday and maybe re-listen to some of these. Now, that's going to be it because we wanted to keep this one a little bit concise, but we're not going to leave you without our favorite part. We're going to get into inspired or tired. Our favorite. We're gonna, we got to hit you up with this. You can't, you can't, go. You, you can't, you can't get out of here with getting this. And so I want you to get ready. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelt if you're in the car. Make sure the GPS is guiding you because these answers today are going to rock your world. <laughs> they are going to absolutely rock your world. The this is the third episode of forgiveness. And I hope everybody loved it. We could say more things. In fact, you know what? I'm going to give each of you a last word on forgiveness. What's your last word, Mike? You want to give everybody, Amy, Cam, just a last word, a last phrase. Right. What do you want to talk? Yeah, the, well, the, the thing I like, the thing I thought about towards the end of the discussion there was the fact that like, uh, I, I feel like personally and, Maybe other people are like this as well. I can end up making my relationship with God, my view of God, my perspective of what it means to engage with God. I can, I can, you know, dummy it down to just, you know, what I do wrong and then bringing that to him and trying to get right. You know what I mean? And yes. I miss out on just a whole, like I have no relationship with a person on earth where that's all, we, all they exist there for me. Right. right. And so it's, uh, it's strange that that's how I approach God. Right. So I, I liked the, uh, the conversation about forgiveness and mercy with God, because I can make my relationship with God about so much more. And then if I sit down and I, I, I can embolden myself to talk about things with other people by it, starting with God and going, you know what, let me just, you know, knows it anyway. So I might as well just kind of dump it all yep. out there yep. and get more confident. And maybe it'll take some time to change how I uh, react and intake. When well, people... I got a recommendation for you. All right. Transform your relationship with God. I, I learned to do this about 20 years ago or 25 years ago or 30 years ago. Okay, let's stop. Um, <laughs> Go to God one day and just go, I got a song I like, and I want to tell you about it. That's cool. That's the light. Yeah. The light is not showing up just to say I've messed up. Right. The light's showing up and say, I got a good song. Right. I got a good song. I just love it. I want to learn to play it. Incline my heart to play that song. That's cool. I just want you to know, you know, 
I, I had a friend, Ron Drabo. He lives in the North Carolina. He used to get up in the morning and, and eat cereal or go to bed at night before he went to bed, he'd eat cereal. And he called it eating cereal with God. He would just go get the cereal, <laughs> sit down at the table and eat cereal with God. Try to do those kind of things because that creates that intimacy with God, oh, that like closeness. That. And it gets you in a more positive relation with God. Amy, last thing you only want? I mean, I, I think the conversation about intimacy is really helpful for me because it's really hard for me to just be who I am. That's really hard. You know, we went through a couple weeks of baby being sick, me being sick, Mike being sick. And I and I, I felt like, man, I just wish I handled that better. I wish I was strong and tough and it didn't bother me. <laughs> but, you know, there's days I just wanted to cry. And then I felt like, gosh, I'm just crying over a baby cold, you know, and, and you just but but then I don't let down and I don't talk uh, to friends or to God about you know who I really am. Yeah. And so so I think the intimacy conversation is a really good one for me. And it helps me a lot to think awesome. about forgiveness. Yeah, I think uh, just let someone help you. I think mm. give someone an opportunity. I, I've spent a lot of my life feeling really lonely, but I, I've had to kind of realize, uh, especially the last few years, that I distance people when I'm not vulnerable and I'm just not honest. And I and I it wasn't that they weren't trying to be close. It's that I didn't give them an opportunity to help. Yep. And I think uh, so being vulnerable and expressing weakness, expressing whatever, even the good stuff, you know, the bad stuff like we were talking about. Uh, it really gives people an opportunity to care about you. And um, I think that's uh, something that I'm still working on, but uh, it's helping me a lot. That is sweet. That's a sweet way to go. All right, today I'm going to give the Bible study and character recommendation. Hoo-ah! And uh, then we'll go to Inspired or Tired, give our movie and music holiday recommendations, and we will have locked down our last episode on forgiveness. So Bible study and character recommendation. Are you ready, people? Book of Hosea. Mm. You got to get the book of Hosea. I mean, there is no greater book in the entire Bible about forgiveness where Hosea basically is called by God to be like God and take someone completely unworthy of forgiveness and bestow that forgiveness on the person to transform. Did you know that? That when you forgive someone, you transform their life. Hmm. That's what the power of forgiveness. You can totally change a person's life by just saying, it's okay. Just like I, my dad did with me with that bow and arrow. I still remember that from 10 years old. I still remember him going, it's okay. So study Hosea, the character of Hosea and the book of Hosea. It's a wonderful book. Read it twice. Some of the greatest poetic language about love and forgiveness that can be found in the entire Bible. You're going to love it. You're going to eat it up. Okay. Inspired or tired? <laughs> All right. Let me get my list up. Okay. I'm going to get my list up. We're going to put it on. I thought you were just winging it. it. We're going to. Well, my winging it is. <laughs> my winging it is doing stuff like that. Okay. You ready? Go. Okay, uh, well, first of all, um, let's do Christmas. All okay. right, we're the... going to do Inspired or Tired Christmas. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Let's go. Okay. No, 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 sorry. Let's do th- holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, Inspired or Tired. Okay, we're going to start with Cameron. <laughs> turkey on Christmas, as turkey on Thanksgiving, Inspired or Tired? <sighs> Definitely Inspired. I mean, depending on your turkey. I mean, you got to get the free-range <laughs> organic good stuff. <laughs> Don't drive that out. Don't drive that turkey out. <laughs> Don't have the antibiotics. Don't be injecting antibiotics before you cook it. Okay, so it's inspired, and you recommend organic and free oh, range yeah. turkey. And, and don't put too much flour in your gravy. You know what I'm saying? If it's a little, if it's, what, what, what if that turkey's a little expensive? So they, should they pay the extra money? I mean, I think it's worth it, man. You know, pay the extra money, live the extra years. Yeah, Is that definitely. Your that's it. That's really right. health. All right. So, all right. Okay. Oh, so wow. Thanksgiving again, Amy. Thanksgiving, inspired or tired? 
Pumpkin pie. Oh, inspired. Oh. Gotta do it. Oh. Gotta do it. What about sweet potato pie? You know, I've never had it. I've never. Because <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin pie is all you music. need. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna enter the. I'm gonna enter this in. I think there's a cultural thing. Oh, definitely. When I was growing up, African American family, my mom's from the South. We always said sweet potato pie. Oh yeah. Right. And then instead I, of pumpkin pie, I didn't. I don't know that I knew pumpkin pie existed. That's how I feel Whoa. about sweet potato pie. Mom didn't makes really a know mean it was a sweet thing. potato situation. I don't know if you're pie. Your, your mom, your mom, bring in the house. But you're saying pumpkin pie is inspired. Yeah. Okay, so pumpkin pie. So I would say pumpkin pie is not inspired because sweet potato pie is way better. I don't know. One time I, I would ate agree on sweet, potato sweet potato pie. I thought it was pumpkin pie. It I wasn't was Russ's mom. Low key disappointed. Yes, but you felt more forgiven that day. <laughs> Bam in your face. It's more spiritual. Made you more spiritual. Okay. Thanksgiving. Life. Thanksgiving. Okay. Inspired. Or tired watching the Detroit Lions play football? Oh man, you're baiting me with this question. <laughs> I am on purpose. You're trying to lure me I out. I am on purpose. Come on, busted. Come on, come on. on. Massive come audience. On. Yeah, I'm going uh, tired, man. Sorry, bro. Football's tired. Football's tired to me. I'm tired on, th- on Thanksgiving. Like literally tired. There was a time when I would do like uh, you know turkey bowl in the morning, go out yeah. and play with folks. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. But, uh, those those days but, are behind. That day is gone. That, that, yeah. that day is gone. Okay. Yeah. Inspired or tired? Wait, can I get you a tired inspired? Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Hit tired me. inspired Thanksgiving burrito. That's where you take all. <laughs> you take all. You take the turkey, the cranberry sauce, the the stuffing. You put it all. You wrap it up. You put it. You put it in a tortilla, and you just. That's extraordinarily tired <laughs> because it's 4,000 calories. <laughs> it's 4,000 calories. No, it's tired. Really so tired. Anyway, really First of all, I wouldn't want the burrito wrap because it's got flour in it and all kinds of things. So I'm not going to eat that. Russ, is, Russ stays woke actually, on nutrition. Actually, see, I'm a bad person to ask about food. I will tell you this. That actually sounds inspired. It, yeah. That inspired sounds flat. Idea. I've never heard of that. I saw it on a blog one year. And, oh, uh, did you do it? No, me and uh, me no. and me and Chris Sean, our friend Chris Sean, we, we were talking for, we for about, years we about wanting to about do that. it. We've never done so, it. So what I would be willing to do is I would be willing that? to get a small bowl of what's in it without the without the burrito wrap. Oh yeah, so it's a burrito bowl. That's yeah. the oh, same as. <laughs> <laughs> you're back to where you started. Wait, 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 wait! I keep going. Okay, 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 okay. What's that movie? What's that movie? What? That's from a movie. Okay, 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 okay. Was that okay? Okay, okay, I think. Joe Pesky, Leaf Weapon oh, 3. Uh, Bam! In your brain, you should have known that. It's another great <laughs> Christmas, Christmas seen, movie. I've only seen one and four. You, you, the Lethal Weapons? Yeah, there's like five of them, right? Yeah, four is with Chris Rock? Uh, I think so. Well, I know Joe Pesci's in it. It's a little more goofy. It's a yeah. more silly. Four is Chris Rock and Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's in three. He shows up in three. And he always... Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. All right. Sorry, people. We got kind of distracted <laughs> there. Actually, I got distracted. I kind of like this section. Okay, we're going to get a little more serious, and we're going to break it down. Cameron, inspired or tired, the Houston Rockets? Ooh, I'm, I'm tired of anybody outside the Warriors, man. I can't follow. All right. All right. Amy, in t- inspired or tired, Southern California compared to Northern California? Oh, no. This is a trick question. It is. Uh... Wait, I, I don't know what's the right answer. Which, one, which, which one's tired? Oh, which okay, one's inspired? Okay. Uh, oh, uh, tired Southern California. Bam! What? Too dry. Wow. You surprised you, me with that. Right one. answer. Right answer. Right answer. You were rooting for the Dodgers. Though, Tell mom too. and dad to come on up and move up here, and, and let's get it over with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Mike, inspired or tired? John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. Oh. <laughs> 
Come on, man. Okay. Mike doesn't like football, and I'm trying to push him in that direction. Okay, I'm going to give you a better one, okay? Hang on one second. Inspired Ooh. or tired, the Hamilton play. Oh, inspired, but uninspired, the fact that I can't ever get a ticket so long as I'm, you know, uh, If you alive. want a ticket to Hamilton, you got to know people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know you. Can you hook me up? Can I hook you up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or will I hook you up? The queue online was like 100,000 people, like digitally in line. I don't believe in waiting in line. <laughs> I don't believe in waiting in line. Okay, one more for all three of you. Inspired or tired? Virtual reality. Ooh. Inspired oh, for sure. Inspired. Cameron's more, inspired. Yeah. Mike's inspired. Amy? Inspired. inspired. Valve okay. just right. announced they're going to come out with one. That, that one's probably oh, really? Oh, really? the hottest. Oh, Half-Life really? 3. All right. It's, gonna be, right. it's coming out with a Half-Life. With what? It. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. Okay. Who's the most inspired comedian? Right now, when you listen to comedians, who do you think's funny? Oh wow, Jim Gaffney. Yeah, Gaffney. yeah he he's funny. funny. He's funny guy. Yeah, I like uh, this. Is like stand up or just anybody? You can be anybody. And he does. Uh, my favorite right now, I like uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he's he's funny. YouTube him. He's kind of like mid tier, up and coming kind of okay. guy. Okay, and yeah. uh, Cameron, who you got? Um, I saw this guy's hit and miss, but Segura. I forget if it's Tom Segura or Steve Segura, but he's he actually. Cracked me up uh, one time, but but that was the latest. Seba- time. That's all everybody. Sebastian only person has, this, my head. has this bit about when uh you know back in the day you know you would go the doorbell would ring and you go oh we got company come on in we were in the neighborhood and now you know the doorbell rings and everybody's like who's that yeah. Yeah. Duck, lights yeah. go down everybody ducks and like, you know peeping through like, it's on YouTube it? yeah 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 people go. go get it go get it. If you're not liking this part, it's okay because we're enjoying ourselves. <laughs> you can turn us off right now. Go ahead. People turned you off. Judge, turn over. You're, because some people are super spiritual. I'm not super spiritual because I can't, so I have to have a look. But you're going to miss the movie and music recommendation. Oh, here we go. <laughs> movie recommendation. Beep, 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 beep. All right. All right. Oh, I got one. Uh, Cameron, go first. So I like to throw it back with a little Arnold Schwarzenegger, jing- yeah. Schwarzenegger jingle all the way. Yes. Awesome one. Schwarzenegger. Ta-ta, ta-ta, Good call. Man. Amy? Amy? Uh, Christmas Vacation. My wife's always calling me Chevy Chase when I put up the lights. All right, Mike. Uh, I'm going to go with A Christmas Carol, the uh, George C. Scott version. Wow. My my dad would play that every year, and it's uh, it's true to the original. All right, let's go music. Okay, so get ready. I know you're going to like this. If you don't know about this, you're oh, welcome. I haven't known about anything you've talked about. <laughs> Chance the Rapper, Christmas album. He's got an album. Oh, this was a couple years ago. Merry Christmas, Little Mama. Oh. you got to find that on, uh, oh, okay. on uh, okay. SoundCloud. But no, okay. it's, I, I give anybody a chance okay. to try to do a Christmas album okay. because all you got is the oldies, man. you got to okay. re, right, remix look, it. Look, look, let me just help you right now. <laughs> My son listens to the greatest, one of the top five greatest Christmas albums of all time. Go out and get it. Rat Pack Christmas. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. Wait for it. Wait for it. Go ahead. Pull your car to the side. Sit down. Hey, stop. Hey, put the dish down. Sit down. (laughs) Dean Martin. I am telling you right now, go out, get Rat Pack Christmas right now. It will rock your world. It is the most awesome. But But why, when we have Michael Buble, we don't really need the uh the, <laughs> i'm just getting stared down you know i, I appreciate like, uh, michael uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually like michael buble i like michael buble as a person 
uh, I mean, him with, with his uh, the, the the way he's taking care of his kid and the sickness and all the trouble they've been really? through. I don't know about any of that. Yeah, 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 that guy's that guy's a class act, and he's a good singer. But have you should go online, look up Rat Pack, and find. I've got the DVD, but find where it's Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, um, Frank Sinatra, Joey Costello, who actually used to host for Johnny Carson when he took a break. And then Johnny Carson, and Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson sings Carson. with them. I was gonna say Johnny on the keys. And I'm telling you, right, I could put it up on the screen right now if I wanted to. It would freak you out, and you would want to go buy it. Okay, whose turn is it to get me? It's my, okay, okay, so I can't believe I forgot this group, but it's an acapella group, Straight No Chaser. Chris, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. They're sweet. That was our first date. What about Mike's that? First date. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Straight Up Chaser. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What's, that What's that other group? That P. Take, the uh, of the P. Uh, oh. Pentatonix. Pentatonix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they remind me of them. Well, this was before uh, Pentatonix. Uh, oh, yeah. Big, right? like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was just before. reminded of them. What do you got, Mike? Uh, give me a sec, because I, I know the album, but I forgot what the album. Or oh, I know the artist, man. but I forgot what the album. Bob Dylan's Christmas album. Hold up, hold up. Just edit this little pause out. Okay? Yeah, okay. No, we don't have to edit the pause out. I'll fill it in. <laughs> Movie recommendation, Julie Garland's The Spirit of St. Louis. You go out, you get that, you watch that, your heart will be moved, your life will be moved, you'll want to have a family, a fireplace. It'll. I'm t- you know what? It. Uh, one of the greatest Christmas songs ever was sung in that movie, I'll Be Home for Christmas. That's she what sings that's from? one of the greatest. Uh. Well, it's not what it's from. She, I think it's I'll Be Home for Christmas. She does one of the, one of the greatest renditions of it in there. Oh, yeah, 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 Judy okay. Garland, um, and then of course uh, uh, the Thirty Fourth Street. Oh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Street. You can you, the good news is you can see the original or you can see the more modern version. Right. They're both really, really good. Uh, and uh, the I more modern version has the guy in it from the movie, the television show from years back, uh, The Practice. Uh, he's in that one. And then uh, I think The Wizard of Oz is a great uh, holiday movie. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Wizard of Oz is fantastic. Really? For Christmas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, you the Yellow Brick Road works all over. All, All right. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. How can I? Yeah. You don't have a heart? <laughs> Tin Man doesn't have a heart? Tin Man gets a heart? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's legit. That's legit. I mean, good night, man. That, that movie, man. That movie rocks I the remember the, I found the album title. It's uh, for mine. Uh, Joe Pass, Six String Santa. That's the name of the album. You guys are you guys are digging deep. <laughs> no, no, you, guys are, <laughs> you guys are. Joe guys Pass are, is legit. He's like the best Okay, guitar, let me hit you with this. Now, I got this from someone else, but guess who's got a Christmas album out released recently? Uh, John Legend. Oh, oh really? Oh, oh, yeah. wow. oh you <laughs> better get you better not hide. You better not die. You better not cry. You better not shout. Okay. So we got that one. That one's right. one's good. Okay. So we got some movie and music recommendations in it. You guys wanna you, you one day we're gonna put on a, a email address or something and you guys can send us something and we'll maybe we'll go through the best recommendations for people of movies and music. Uh and so that we we did music, we did movies, right? Yeah. So we did our job. We did our job. Look, people, we really, really appreciate you listening. We know we're not perfect. We know we're not doing a fantastic job all the time. And, and we're not trying to be Greek scholars. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to be people sitting around a table having a conversation about life in reality. Make sure you go out there and find some friends. Cameron mentioned that at the end of, the, of this episode. Seriously. Like, seriously. Like, go find some friends. I was talking to my wife the other night. She said, you know, what helped me the most spiritually wasn't these mentors and all these big speeches. It was my friends. And I can mm-hmm. say that's true. I can, I can, I can, I can talk about and name them. And um, I was just sending a note out to a friend Gary Newton. He's one of the first guys who taught me how to read the Bible the right way. I've been a Christian for a while, but taught me how to read the Bible the right way. All the time I spent with a friend Scott Green, Frank Kim, a bunch of my buddies, and we were all college students. We didn't know what we were doing, but we had each other. 
the worst thing you can do in life is travel through life feeling guilty alone. Mm-hmm. And so get out there and get some friends. And don't forget, when you're out there sharing about what's not going well in your life or what you didn't do right, I want you to make a point of sharing something that did go well and sharing something that is going right and making sure people know you have victories. We know it's not the holiday season yet, but we're going to get started early. Happy holidays. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We're going to throw some more of these at you. This is Deep Spirituality. Goodbye. Good night. Not good riddance. We like you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to check out our website at deepspirituality.net and our YouTube channel called Deep Spirituality. If you enjoyed these episodes, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.